It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, Determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Fish Unfiltered episode 46. We are here with Josh Bell, first baseman for the Miami Marlins. Josh, thank you for the time. We appreciate it. And, ask, and Isaac, I'll let you take it away. Hello, Josh. Obviously, you've only been a Marlin for a couple of weeks, and already you've cemented yourself into the Marlins record books. Uh, first Marlin ever to have homer from both sides of the plate. You helped out uh, in that five run ninth inning comeback, and also back to back to back on second time franchise history. Is this like best case scenario for you, starting it with a new team? Yeah, I mean, I, I couldn't have uh, written up any better. Um, I know that. We had our works cut out for us with, with scheduling and all that, and we didn't start off um, just after that trade deadline as well as we could. But, you know, our offense really, uh, you know, took a, a step forward there, and I was happy to be a part of it. I do want to ask you about that Yankees game, the Sunday game. Obviously, you guys were down basically 7-1. to You guys tackled a couple runs. Then, obviously, that ninth inning just goes crazy. Just what was the mindset entering that inning when you guys – Ended up winning eight to seven. Yeah, I think it, it all started with Yuli. Um, you know, obviously Clay Holmes has some of the best stuff in the league, best uh, you know sinker in the league for sure uh, by far. Um, he was able to get a pitch up in the zone, uh, drive it off that that right field wall, and kind of spark the offense a little bit. Um, it starts with one big hit when you're down big, um, and then just pass the baton, um, pass the baton to the next batter. Um, Hopefully you're making the at-bat for the guy behind you a little bit easier, runners in scoring position and whatnot. Um, it started with that, and then, you know, it ended with Berger. Um, you know, huge at-bat. I know they had a base open, so I'm sure he had in the back of his mind. He didn't know whether or not they are going to pitch to him or not, but got a, a split finger up in the zone, drove it in the left field, and, and the rest is history. 2-1. That is going to do it! 
you surprised that they had the base open? They toasted pitch to a burger there. Who was well, they had they had Solaire behind them, so it's right. like pick your poison. You know, it's the best protection in the league right there. Um, so um, yeah, I don't know what I would do. I, I would probably just throw my best off-speed pitch and, and cross my fingers, and that's what they did, and it didn't work out for them. Right. I do want to ask you about the Astros series. Also, obviously, you guys won the first one, lost yesterday, but. Just kind of how do you how could you assess the series thus far? Yeah, I mean, uh, played good baseball the first game. Uh, the second game, not so much. I think both teams didn't play their best level of uh, their best brand of baseball, but you know that happens from time to time. This is definitely an important game. Um, you know, going into this off day and going into to California for LA and San Diego. Um, we know we have Verlander on the mound. We're going to do a preparation for him um, and then try to attack him as, as best we can, and we'll see what happens for the game. You ever faced him before? Um, yeah, in, in spring, I, I know for sure. I'm not quite sure, uh, you know, in my regular career. Uh, but, you know, his fastball speaks for itself. It, it seems like for the most part everyone has an elite fastball now. He was, like, you know, leading the pack for, for yeah. years and years. But everyone's pretty much tailoring their game off of guys like him, guys like Scherzer, DeGrom. So, uh, you know, it won't be the first time that we've seen a fastball with, you know, 20-inch vert um, this year. So, We'll be ready for him. Is there any different mindset heading into face a future Hall of Famer like that? No, I mean, uh, it's it's definitely different. You know, we, we talk about it. You got guys making forty, fifty million dollars a year. It's it's, it's a little <laughs> bit different. Um, but in the in the same uh, mindset, I think once the game starts, once the first pitch is thrown, you're just focusing on you know doing your job. Um, but yeah, you, you got to tip your cap for guys like that. You know, playing the game the right way. Um, I think he's only gotten hurt a couple times in his career. He's thrown for for you know almost two decades now. You know, guys like him, guys like Grinky, guys like Scherzer. You got to respect. But once once that you know play ball is called, it's it's go time and it's us versus them. That one on the ground into right center field for a base hit. Tucker will call off Dubon. Bell's going to go for a second. Here comes the throw. And he does get there. So we have another pitcher that's obviously really good. Your teammates with him now, Sanyal Contra. You've had a lot of at-bats against him, not a lot of success. What makes him so tough? What, what are my numbers against him? I don't know. You know I'll get this for you. Because um, I always felt like uh, <laughs> I, I could – I saw him really well, and it was always just a foul ball. Um, you know how, like, you know, the ball looks really, really good, and next thing you know you're swinging, you can't really square it up. Um, but uh, – Definitely, I, I told him the other day, you know, one of the happiest reasons why I'm traded here, when I got traded, the reason why I was the most happy was because I wouldn't have to face him, at least for the rest of this year, right. um, keep my numbers up as, as best as I can. Uh, but, you know, I, I want to say it must have been two years ago, he had no hitter going against us, you know, and, you know, guys that are, off, like, constantly up for uh, complete games, right. it's, it's really impressive. He. You look up, it's the eighth inning, he's at 80 pitches. It's like, yeah. like man, are we going to get this guy out of the game or what? Um, but, yeah, he's, he's definitely special. In your career, you're 5 for 26 with a couple of RBI and a home run. 5 for 26 is not it. You're hitting, yeah, 192. <laughs> Do you remember the home run? Uh, yeah, it must have been 2021. In Washington, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, Bell puts a charge into one. See you later. Way out of here to left center. I want to ask you about your Pittsburgh days. Obviously, you, you kind of you got called up right after kind of their playoff, mm-hmm. when they made the playoff, their success there. But you still played with some pretty damn good players, McCutcheon, Cervelli, Cat, mm-hmm. Sterling Marte. Mm-hmm. Just what was it playing like with those guys in that, those Pittsburgh teams kind of right after the playoffs? Yeah, I mean, 
we're constantly trying to, you know, uh, scratch our way back. And even even those postseason runs, they felt like they left something, you know, on the table. Um, beat the Reds, got to the next round, but lost to the, the Cubs in the wild card. So, you know, the whole organization was still really, really hungry. They, they really wanted to get to that next stage. I know the fan base did too. Um, it was awesome playing with Kutch. Um, got to play with him for a couple of years. Guys like Josh Harrison, Sean Rodriguez, um, Gregor Polanco, still a really good friend of mine. Uh, you know, those were like the, the formative years of my career. I was able to watch like an MVP and Kutch, like go about his day, um, watch how he responded to the media. I know he had like ups and downs um, of his career, but, you know, he's having one of the worst starts that, you know, I had seen for him, and I'm sure he would say that for himself, and it must have been 2018. Yeah. Um, really, really grinding, um, and, you know, he was always present for the media. He was always, you know, you know, quick to blame himself and not others, and then, you know, look up. I want to say it was August. He was player of the month, and I was hitting behind him, <laughs> and it was like every bat he got a hit. Like every two-strike count, it was just guaranteed line drive to right field. Um Lots of doubles, lots of homers, um, and he dug himself out of that um, and ended up getting traded that offseason. They got Brian Reynolds out of it, kind of yeah. like, you know, formed their now core. Right. He was able to make it you know, his way back over to Pittsburgh. So it was like a win-win in the long haul. But, yeah. uh, you know, he, he definitely turned that season around. And me knowing that, you know, having that in the back of my head, this year I didn't start off as, as well as I could, but I kind of just thought back to him, like, okay, if he can do it, right. like, I can do it too. So, right. do you, what, what would you say was like kind of the biggest lesson you learned from that group of guys? You know, obviously being one of the younger guys there, veterans with experience, them, you know, playoff experience. Just what, what do you think was the biggest lesson? Well, it's one of the things. Uh, um, David Freeze was uh, a player there for. That's right. Let's say, maybe seventeen, and eighteen. Um, and then he got traded to the Dodgers and repeated there the next year. Um, but he taught me a lot. Like, I grew up a Rangers fan. Like, I grew up diehard Rangers every time they made it to the postseason. So, like, he was like a right. antichrist. Like, he was like the, the villain. Um, yeah, that's hilarious. He, you know, signs with the Pirates. And I was like, man, like, I honestly hate this guy. I don't even know him. Like, I have, like, vivid memories of, like, screaming at the television, like, He's, you know, sliding to the third base in the walk-off. Like, it was it was wild. But um, uh, meeting him, like, going out to dinners with him, he taught me so much about the game. And, like, the one thing that will stick with me for the rest of my playing career is that he said uh, baseball is the most important thing. Like, in the offseason, you can spend time with your family, hang out with friends. But once spring training and the season rolls around, like, everything else is on the back burner. Like, friends coming to town, like, hey, baseball is the most important thing. Like, I can catch you guys for a minute, but I'm not going to take away from my game just hanging out with you because y'all will be there after my window's closed and somebody else is wearing my number um, playing the game. But right now i got to take care of this. And, you know, he taught me that, and I was, you know, 23, 24. Um, and I feel like that's one of the reasons why I'm still playing now because I had that mentality back then. You mentioned you're a Rangers fan, so – do you agree that Nelson Cruz should have been playing right field when David Freeze hit that triple? No, I, I, he should have been out there. He, he definitely should have. I mean, he was right. 
like a superstar. His, yeah, his that season for him was like one of the most fun things I've, I've ever seen. Uh, no defensive replacement though in the ninth inning of World Series. No, because he's got the Kenny. He had the right. best arm in the league probably at that time. Um, so like ground ball to him. That's one thing. Right. It was a one hopper off yeah. the wall. Like it's tough play. And it wasn't like it was a beeline straight back. It was like at an angle. Like yeah, looking tough. at the play now, it's like you understand <laughs> it. But like me, you know, I was a maybe a junior or senior in high school. I was like. You know, like, no doubles, you know, but, uh, you know, it happens. It happens. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And just curious to go way back, um, you were actually committed to University of Texas of Austin. You were pretty adamant about going there, but um, you were drafted, obviously, by the Pittsburgh Pirates. What changed that you decided to sign? Yeah, um, I uh, ended up going to, like, summer school at UT. Okay. Um, so I took, like, summer courses there. Um, was able to, like, meet some of the team, meet the staff, and I was, like, having a you know blast, and the Pirates were like, hey, we're going to offer you. They offered, like, a certain number, and I was like, hey, guys, like, no, like, I want to focus on school, like, see you guys in three years. Um, and then they, had, like, basically doubled that offer, and I was, like, you know, talking to my family, and my dad's like, hey, like, we haven't made this much in our entire career. Like, if you add it all up, like, this is, like, life-changing money. Um, and uh started talking to, like, some of the seniors that were there, you know, working out and stuff, going back for another year. Um, and they were like, dude, like, we would sign for way less than that, like, College is fun, but, like, obviously the big leagues is the most important thing. Right. Uh, it's, like, the pinnacle of baseball. So the Pirates, like, up their offer again, and I was like, man, I'm, I'm going to at least go home and talk with my family about it. And, you know, we sat in a circle, you know, made the decision, you know, uh, called the Pirates back. I really <laughs> didn't talk with them for the, for the longest time, but 
Um, I don't think, obviously, if I didn't make that decision, I wouldn't be here right now because right. the Pirates changed me over to first base. Right. Um, and that, that, I think, prolonged my career, too. Right. So everything for a reason. And the draft just happened. So what would be your advice to you know these high school kids that really have to make a tough decision on whether or not to sign or to honor their commitment to a good school? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I think it, it depends on, uh, like, what you're looking for. Um, I know that things are a lot different now because there's less minor league teams. Right. You're not going off, you know, to, like, short season, A ball. Mm-hmm. Um I think it just depends on your situation. I, I think that um, school will always be there, um, but yeah. in the same light, um, like those are very formative years, like 18, 19, 20. Um, you know, a lot of my friends to this day are like, those are the most fun, like that was the yeah. most fun that I've ever had. And I won't have those experiences. Like I was on a bus ride in, right. you know, West Virginia, yeah. going from place to place. But, you know, I think if they could trade with me, they wouldn't heartbeat. Right. So, you know, that's why I think I made the right decision. Yeah. I want to ask you about the trade to Washington. Obviously, it was during the I guess it was during the like right before during COVID, kind of mm-hmm. 2020. Mm-hmm. There, so just what was that experience like? How did you find out about the trade and obviously making the transition from one division to another, having to you know face new teams, new pitchers? Yeah. So uh, it was Christmas Eve. I was like yeah. sitting around with my family, like just hanging out. It's the holidays in Dallas, oh, um, yeah. and I get a call from. Uh, Ben Charrington, our uh, new GM, he mm-hmm. just transferred over from, I want to say the Red Sox. Yeah. Um, and uh, he was like, hey, like, sorry to do this like, during <laughs> the holidays, but I uh, wanted you to know before like Twitter told you, uh, just got you just got traded to the Nats. And I was like, who did I get traded for? And he was like, two young studs, like Will Crow and um, another pitcher, like another Ian. Yeah. Um, yeah, another right-handed pitcher. Uh and I was like, you know, thanks for everything. I know I didn't play as well as I could have in 2020. It was a weird season. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I appreciate, you know, everything that you did. Um, and I, like, walked back in the house and I told my parents. And, like, we all love D.C. We all, like, enjoyed going there on the road. So we're, like, jumping up and down excited. Like, get to play for, like, the World Series champion, you know, right. D.C. Get to play with Trey Turner, Juan Soto. Um they signed Schwarber that year. They signed, like, Josh Harrison, who I played with, yeah. um, Jordy Mercer. Like, it was it was awesome to be able to go into that squad. And, of course, I got COVID. Like, oh, at the end of spring training, it was the worst. Best spring training of my life. But I oh, uh, got COVID and started off really slowly, but was able to, like, salvage that year, too. But it was, it was definitely a cool experience. How would you describe kind of playing with Juan Soto? Obviously, now you've seen what he is. He obviously got traded with him after to San Diego just – Playing with one of the young stars of, of you know of today's game. Yeah, um, he's a machine, man. Um, I, I feel like I played with Nelson Cruz um, this past year, and like watching his attention to detail, like how he showed up every day, got into the weight room, did his routine, went into the cage, did his routine, like. I was like, oh my gosh, like Juan's doing that. Like Juan's going to be 40 playing in this game. Like Juan's going to be 40, probably hitting 30 homers with 200 walks yeah. <laughs> at 40. Like it's uh, it's pretty special. I, I, I think that um, being a hard worker is like easy to come by at this level. Like everyone is here because they're a hard worker. And if you're not a hard worker, I don't think you stick around in this game for very long. But with Juan, it's like his attention to detail, like his off-season workouts, how hard he works during the year. Um, I'd never seen anything like that. Um, so, you know, definitely kudos to him. 
that's like away from the field, like on the field, his attention to detail with like his eyesight and like his zone and where he swings and where he doesn't swing and where he wants certain pitches to start in order for him to even like get the bat off his shoulders is like unbelievable and he doesn't get away from it and that's why he's going to make a lot of money. Are you a fan of the shuffle, the Soto shuffle? Yeah, it's, it stinks because we have the uh, clock now. Yeah. We can't do it anymore, right. you know, like he doesn't have time to, you know, show off for the fans, but... He's still Soto, yeah. so um, he's definitely still a lot of fun to watch. And we mentioned the trade with Soto. Is there any added pressure? Obviously, you struggled a little bit once you got to San Diego. Is, was there any how how does that affect you mentally be, being traded with you know almost modern day Babe Ruth type player? Yeah, I I, I don't think that um, like the trade itself had anything to do with like those struggles. I, I think that there's a lot of things that go into playing really well in this right. game and playing poorly. Um, it just seemed like I was just a click behind um, the Arsenal in the West um, at the time. Right. Um, and it took me a while to get used. It was so different, like sinkers and like um, change-ups and NLEs. And in the West, it was like cutters and yeah. like curveballs and spin rate fastballs. Um, so things, things kind of changed in regards to like the division I was facing and understanding how they were going to attack me and it, it took me a little bit to get accustomed to that kind of felt the same thing going on in cleveland this year but right. me getting back on the east um with this trade i think helped a ton i was like all right i know these guys have faced these guys yeah. before like they have their arsenal that i know and i'm just going to attack them this way uh during free agency the marlins i think did have some interest in you entering your free agency last year what was it about cleveland that attracted you so much yes yeah, so um my wife was pregnant with our second daughter. We have two under two right now, and she's from, like, an hour outside of Cleveland. Uh, so, like, okay. Cleveland called, and I was like, hey, yeah, we're, like, interested. And she's like, I don't care what they offer. Like, just sign it. Like, <laughs> we're going there. And I was like, well, um, don't you want it? She's like, no, like, we're going to sign it. So I was like, okay, I'll do, like, short-term deal. Like, we'll get there, like, have baby girl, like, have help, um, have her family right around the corner. Okay. Um, and, you know, now I'm here in Miami, so it was, like, a win-win for both. Right. Well, during free agency, what were the discussions like with Miami? Obviously, whatever you could tell us during that time. Yeah, honestly, um, there were a few teams that reached out, like, super early. It was, like, first week of the offseason. It was, like, the Pirates. It was the Marlins. Um, I want to say, like, the Red Sox were reaching out. Uh, but I don't think anything, like, gained traction. I think that the whole market was still really high with, you know, waiting on whether Judge was going to go back to the Yankees, like, where um, – Correa was going to go. Um, you have, like, so many big names. Conforto was coming back. So, yeah. like, they had, like, different people were waiting on, okay, like, if, say, Judge went to the Giants, then Correa would probably end up on the Yankees. Right. And then it's like, okay, so who ends up where? So we were just kind of waiting to see how things were going to end up until Cleveland called and my wife kind of made the call. And I was like, all right, you are kind of stressed out. Our little ones are like all over the place. Um, but uh, it's, it's been a lot of fun and, and everything for a reason. I guess leading up to the deadline with, with Cleveland, did you kind of see yourself getting dope? Did you ever have any conversations about that possibility given that, you know, kind of Minnesota's already up in the division? You got you were kind of struggling there, and they, they had just traded for Kyle Manzardo, one of their, you know, and they're thinking about putting him at a first base. Yeah, forward. I, I think before the Savali trade, in no way, shape, or form, did I think that I played well enough for anybody to take a chance on me. Um, after the Savali trade, I thought that they would 
at least give us until the end of the year to try for the division because we were half game back yeah. when I got traded um, for first place. So it's like right. we had tons of games left with the Twins. Like I felt like it was right there for our taking. Um, but, you know, it was it was weird. Like trade happened. You know, we had our little team meeting. That was that. Um, next thing I know, next morning I was up at 4.30 packing up my bag, uh, getting on a flight over and – Things didn't really hit until, uh, you know, a few days later, like, calling the guys, like, hey, like, everything good in the clubhouse and stuff like that. Um, and it seems like everything's good over there. Um, they, they have their work cut out for them now, but I think they can turn things around and, you know, hopefully take that division. I guess we'll, uh, we'll wrap up with some with five rapid-fire questions about the, the Marlins, obviously. Okay. Number one is least favorite ballpark to play in. I mean, it's tough because it's big leagues. And, They're all nice. Yeah, it's all pretty cool. Um, I think that I'm not going to do that. I might be a free agent this offseason, so I'm not going <laughs> to go there. Minor league ballparks are the ones I don't like. <laughs> Favorite major league moment for you personally? Man, I, I think my uh, my first homer was Grand Slam. Uh, That's right. Yeah, that was, that was awesome. And then best dressed Marlin. Jazz, I think jazz pops into my head first and foremost. Alrighty, you mentioned it. Uh, you might be a free agent. You have a team, a player option for next season. Has the team or you uh, approach each other about what way you might be leaning towards that option? No, no. I think it's it's a little early for that. Uh-huh. Yeah, I think they want me to focus on ball, which I can appreciate. Absolutely. All right. Well, I think we can wrap it up here. Josh, thank you so much for the time. We appreciate it. From Isaac, myself, and Josh, we'll see you guys all in two weeks. Peace out and go fish. Go fish.